The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This is The Lori Moss Show. Better job, better life. If you desire to reach your highest potential in your professional life, the next hour is going to help you uncover proven concepts developed by Lori Moss to help you pump up your professionalism, up-level your career, and transform from being stuck to being sought after. The Lori Moss Show, Better Job, Better Life, tackles all of the tough talks everyone knows about, gossips about, but never fully address in the workplace. Now is your time to transform with the expert in professional presence. Now, here's your host, Lori Moss. Welcome. I'm Lori Moss. I'm glad to have you with us today. Today begins the first of our four-part Communication for Success series. You know, communication is a part of everything we do in business. And for some of us, communication is a glorious opportunity to be expressive. For others, it's a requirement to be tolerated. And for everyone, it's an art. Joining us shortly is today's guest, Elizabeth Kraft Taylor, who doesn't mince words on a topic that is critical to being successful in business, that being skilled and verbal communication. Are you competent at what you do? Are you frustrated that your efforts and contributions seem to go unnoticed by many? Do you cringe at the thought of having to promote yourself to get the recognition and the opportunities that you desire? You know, frankly, it's easier to believe someone else is more articulate and more, communica- more communication savvy than to take responsibility for playing larger. Interactions and building relationships and developing rapport all entail an element of risk. The risk is only as big as the lie we tell ourselves we're not enough. What is required is a shift in mindset. If you decide communication is an imperative to get attention in order to succeed in business, the task may seem daunting. Or on the flip side, you may relish the attention and enjoy the stage. You may make a splash, but your success will be dependent on how sincere you are in your interaction with others. If what you're contributing makes a difference, then it is essential for you to engage with others and communicate that to them. What you have is valuable, and keeping it under the radar serves no one. The way we talk, the way we present, our appearance, body language, our behavior, our attitude and interactions all communicate what we believe to be true about ourselves and others. We are all capable of being effective communicators and relationship builders when we have a sincere desire to do so. This four-part communication series will give you tips on how to develop and hone your communication skills, to be effective at relationship building, being influential, selling ideas, holding your own as a negotiator in all aspects of business, and conducting business with professional distinction. You will be sought after as a trusted advisor because of how you make people feel while getting results in business. You are as successful as you make up your mind to be. 
So let's get started. Our guest today spent two decades in a world of big events and big ideas. Most interactions along the way were high-stakes discussions. It is my pleasure to introduce my guest, Elizabeth Kraft-Taylor. Elizabeth has been a woman of influence, earning the ear and trust of highly successful prominent executives in fiercely competitive industries. Elizabeth not only broke barriers to entry, she kept her seat at the table because of her, her ability to communicate and get things done. She had big ideas and didn't hesitate to present, defend her position, and accept the responsibility for pulling it off. Her position as a marketing executive was a coveted and demanding position with Melvin Simon and Associates, the founding company now publicly traded as the Simon Property Group. She was the female voice in a predominantly male industry for 18 years. Elizabeth was then sought after to take on the role of CEO in yet another male-dominated industry, motorsports, taking on the responsibility of the 500 Festival, a subsidiary of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, which produces the largest sporting event in the world, the Indianapolis 500. She was bestowed the Sagamore of Wabash Award from Governor Frank O'Bannon for her distinguished service to the state of Indiana. There's more. She is the author of the book, Three Jews Walked Into a Shopping Center. It's a revealing account of her adventures in the shopping center business. Her storytelling speaks volumes to communication, being the bones of building relationships, getting things done, while garnering the respect and trust of colleagues and clients along the way. And before I forget, you gotta go, you have to go to threejews.org to order the book. Elizabeth, welcome to our Good show. Good morning. Good morning. So tell us a bit about the role you played as marketing director for the Simon Group. Well, every day was different because we had so many things going on. When I got to Simon Property, we had over 100 malls already. So we had to do all of the marketing and advertising for those malls and then incorporate things as the Simons would go out and buy other entities, for example, the Indiana Pacers. And so you never knew what the day was going to bring. And I always considered myself as the go-between between whoever was making the request and then the people who had to produce. So everyone really, in the end, is an accounting that process as the account executive. What did you find to be the one key communication skill that you brought to the table um, that, that made that happen, that made that synergy happen? I think that my greatest skill of all is my ability to communicate, to make things clear, to make things concise, to tell a story, and to command attention. I'm a strange little person, and when I was very young, I used to pretend that I was the President of the United States. Others pretended they were ballerinas or supermodels. I was the president of the United States. So way back in the day, you, you were set apart and you stood out for not only being different, but really having lofty goals. 
Yes, I, I have a sense of gravitas about myself, and I feel as though when I stand up to speak, I put it in my head that I'm the president and that everybody's just dying to hear what I have to say, and they can't wait, and they're going to react to me wonderfully. So I just straighten up my shoulders and march in and give my speech, whatever it might be. <laughs> no holds barred. Right, exactly. I'm the president. I can do anything. <laughs> That's right. When you mentioned gravitas, what does that mean to you? It's, it's a way of conducting business at a higher level. It is. It's carrying yourself and your ideas in a way that people come to respect you. And one of the things I've noticed about myself, particularly in the business world, no one ever called me by Liz. They always said Liz Craig. It was, I had two names because I was a full empowered individual. And I think that every interaction needs to be with a goal. Your goal is selling yourself first. And, and by doing that, you're able to capture the attention so people will pause and listen to what you have to say. Yes, absolutely. And you earn that by introducing yourself to people, telling people stories, engaging people, amusing people, and then you can lead people. You first have to get them behind you before you can lead. It's just part of engaging them in the conversation, isn't it? Right. Yes, exactly. What, what are some examples that you can give us on, well, you and I have talked about the voice. Yes. Um, what are some examples you can give us on how the voice can be a barrier to communicating business? Okay. What if I talk like this? How long will people listen? It's very important to have a voice that is not in any way irritating. And it turns out that men do not hear the high notes of anything as well as women do. So if you've got a voice that's way up there, they're not going to listen to you. And the funny thing about people is we have our eyes checked, we have our ears checked. Do we ever have our voices checked? Do you ever hear anybody say, oh, I'm going to go have my voice checked tomorrow? Absolutely not. But it's our biggest, most important feature. It's individual. No one else sounds like us. We have to make the absolute most of it. And uh, I find that the hardest thing to do is listen to a recording of my voice. And I'm not alone in that. And yet that's the very thing that can be very revealing. Oh, absolutely. And everyone has different moods or attitudes that will show in their voice. So when you're listening, you're not just listening to what a person says, you're listening to how they're saying it. And that has to be really true for yourself also. You have to really know the intent, what you want to do, what do you want people to react to, so that you're using your right voice. I'm thinking as you're saying that, the voice is a dead giveaway about whether we're being authentic oh, or not in our interaction. Absolutely. You're smiling at me now because you 
understood the idea that I was trying to get across. And your voice is telling me that. You are letting me know that I've been heard. And so often we'll go to the script. If I just get the script right, then it will be effuse um, authenticity and sincerity. But it's really our instrument, our voice. Absolutely. That delivers in that way. Yes. And, And the good news about the times that we are in is people are listening to the voice more than they are reading. The newspaper circulation is down. Everything around us is indicating the voice is where it's at. Because authenticity is really important. It always has been. But again, it seems like a lot more people are saying, if I'm going to trust, if I'm going to respect somebody, I have to hear that authenticity or I don't have buy-in. That's absolutely right. And the best example that we have of that right now in the world is our presidential candidates. (laughs) And, you know, it doesn't make any difference what side you're on or who you're for, but Donald Trump, God bless him, does not present himself in a presidential manner. That means that a presidential manner has already been established. And he does not meet that mark. That's not my criticism. That's the overall criticism. He does not act presidential. So what is presidential? And who out there is doing it? And is presidential in the process of being redefined. <laughs> yes, unfortunately. Yes, and, you know, it could be coming down a notch or two. And that's a whole other topic, isn't, isn't it? it? <laughs> yeah, sorry I went there. <laughs> oh, I, I'm, I mean, that, that's a great example. Um, you know, and actually, we're still talking about a better job and a better life, which yes. is what this whole radio show is dedicated to to the well-being, and the the president's job is the highest in the land. Yes. And so we're back to that gravitas that you mentioned earlier. That'll be it. That'll be a good radio show here down the road. I have another question for you, Elizabeth. In what situations have you found a voice of authority to be beneficial in wooing over the person you're interacting with? Well, I think that if you can act self-assured and if you can act calm, no matter what you're trying to sell, you're going to put over the idea that you can perform, that you've got the skills or the people behind you that are going to produce whatever it is that you're trying to convince someone of. So when they start answering you with doubt or hesitation, you know that you have to work harder to get the point over that, well, I've done these things before, and I will do these things again. And one thing I have experienced, and a lot of clients that I have worked with, that voice of authority, when done by a man, and then done by a woman, that the response to that voice of authority can be very different. Yes. And that is something that I would like to get um, into when we get back from our um, break. 
Um, so up next, we will be discussing ways to improve your voice and use it to your advantage and the difference between men and women in using that voice. Our listeners, uh, please go to the Lori Moss Concepts website, forward slash ask Lori, get any questions you have around our communication series and our discussion today with my guest, Elizabeth Kraft Taylor. We will address those questions and uh, in our next show. We'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. When you see someone, are you seeing the person or the perception? We see labels such as fat, thin, black, white, rich, poor, but we don't always see the true identity. Listen for New Dimensions with Reverend Nicholas Barrett. On this program, we'll embrace the breaking down of societal paradigms, our norms, and acceptance of our false selves. You can find your identity the way that God intended. Forget all the labels that you think you see. Tune in every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions, some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to The Lori Moss Show. Better job, better life. If you have a question for Lori Moss, you can tweet it at Concepts. Find us on Facebook with keyword Lori Moss Concepts or send an email to radio at lorimossconcepts.com. Stay connected by visiting lorimossconcepts.com to learn more. While you're there, read our blog and sign up for the Lori Moss Concepts newsletter for more tips. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back. My guest today is Elizabeth Kraft-Taylor. We will be discussing how to use your voice to, to your advantage. Um, right before our last break, we were getting into what I think is, is an interesting discussion. We were talking about the voice of authority and, and how a woman using a voice of authority in the exact same way that a man does exudes an entirely different response at times from other women or men. So Elizabeth, what have you found as a woman in a male-dominated business um, in inserting yourself with a voice of authority? Did you have to get clever in how you went about doing that? I think that we're people, the world, as a matter of fact, is not used to hearing women speak with authority. Now, you would say to yourself, well, all mothers have authority. And they're always telling us what to do. But mothers, as women, tell us what to do in a very loving tone. So we don't grow up hearing women speak with authority 
without love. And there's a very different voice. And when someone's telling you what to do as they love you, as when someone's telling you what to do when you need to clean up the department store floor. So I think your father, for example, as we're growing up, has always used the same voice. Get that done and get it done now. And we're used to that. But then when you're not with your mother and a woman's telling you what to do, it's just a little startling, particularly to men. So, you know, your experience in, um, in, in the businesses that you chose, you were in a lot of high stakes conversations. Yes. So when you're in those conversations, the people that are following your lead, do they want to hear a loving delivery of what needs to happen or do they want to hear a more directive? I think you have to work into being able to lead men them feeling resentful about it. Um, I mentioned to you earlier a story that I, I'm willing to tell. Um, one day we had a serious problem in business and all of the vice presidents gathered and I was the only woman and um, once the problem was laid out on the table, I came up with the answer and no one said anything, no one reacted. And so another gentleman at the table said the exact same thing that I had just said. And I said, wait a second, I just said that. And the boss turned and said, we want the answer, we just don't always want it from you. Now, Okay, so the only difference between me and everybody else was that I was a woman. And I think sometimes that irritation is going to come up in the workplace. And if you go into your boss and you have a great idea and his voice sounds kind of mean and he's kind of beating you up a little bit because of the idea, you might step back and say, why are you angry? Why are you punishing me because I've come to you with an idea? Is this not valuable or is this happening too much? Tell me why I'm hearing what I'm hearing in your voice. Which puts the responsibility on, on the person who is reacting that way. Because what I know about, and I've read it in, in, in your book, is that you might run up against an initial no that was real, uh, very adamant no, and, and after the, it was slept on overnight, it became a yes. In fact, it was some of the most successful endeavors that they pursued. Right. So what I like hearing about what you said is that we don't need to take that. when If we're sincerely in the room offering our best solution to a problem or our best idea, we have the right to be respected for being in that room and serving in that way. And, and by, by what you were suggesting might be an effective way is, is, is to turn it around and ask the question so that they actually have to own what's really going on. Because sometimes men assume that we come from a place of innocence or 
that we're naive or that we haven't looked at the whole corporation or the whole problem, that we've come up with a segment of an answer. And if they would, and they never do that to one of their own, you know, and I, I don't like to sound it's men against women, but sometimes at the higher levels, it is very difficult to work your way in and stay there without men becoming irritated. And I wonder if it just goes back to the level of comfortability. Right. And when people are uncomfortable, it feels like it's putting them at a disadvantage. Yes. There's a, lot, there's a lack of control to some. And if you're the only one of your kind in any environment, you're going to feel a little sensitive, and then others are going to feel a little sensitive. I was always the only woman. They had never traveled with a woman before. How is this going to work? Can I keep saying what I say if it was just the guys? Is she going to tell on us for our antics, whatever they may be? What's going to happen? here. How far can we trust this into the inner circle? And just like the cliff that we all run into in business, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Where people gather together that have a like-minded comfortability um, for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And when you're the new guy, I remember that uh, way back uh, when I was starting my career, Clicks are very intimidating. And then one day I realized that if I'm worth talking about, I have something they want. Ah. And that was very important, especially when I was in sales. And I was actually right on that one, I discovered. When I didn't, when I didn't concede to that, I was actually not distracted. I wasn't distracted by the chat of the group. Mm. I was able to focus on becoming successful in what I needed to do because I wasn't going to be popular anyway, but I became respected. Mm-hmm. In business, that's where we want to be. Mm-hmm. Being popular means we're being held back because we have to conform to whatever the group has decided we're supposed to be to be comfortable. Exactly. Exactly. And so when we're in situations like women in male-dominated businesses, we are, and whatever that today. It could be an ethnicity issue. It could be ageism. It doesn't matter. Whatever differentiates us. It's really not like anybody's bad. People are just uncomfortable. Right. And I think that if a woman comes into the workplace with a husband, it's easier. But if a woman is single and everybody's going to get together over the weekend, what are they going to do? with the single woman. <laughs> How are the wives going to react to the single woman coming along? Sometimes it doesn't work out well, particularly back in my day when wives, God bless them, weren't used to being women in the workplace, in the industry that I was in. So it was difficult. And isn't it funny all these years later, we're still talking about these things? But it's all true because we're all human and we all feel anxious and all of those things about ourselves as people and about others. We need to understand what and who everybody is. If we can put a label on everybody, then we'll be okay. But until we get to that point, it's a little 
goofy. And I have found in business, the best relationships are built on those difficult conversations. And the fact that through time, none of this has changed, that doesn't allow us to just accept that. What it does is it challenges us mm-hmm. to actually build relationships through having those conversations. Exactly. Exactly. And it broadens the perspective of everyone. You know, business today, I don't know if it's giving lip service or if it's truly believed that integrating a diverse environment is really helpful for business. The one sure thing they talk about is marketing because it's, you know, it'll reach more people. But the truth of it is it, it invites a conversation that's a lot more authentic and sustainable. Exactly. And um, the tribe, there's always going to be tribes. I'm not sure if we can get around that. That's right. But we want, we, we are responsible for the tribes we choose and the tribes we move on from and the tribes we build. Right. Well, that was an interesting conversation. <laughs> there, there's one other aspect of that that I'm curious about is um, the they say. When people yeah. say they say, t- tell me, tell me well, what they say means to you. When somebody says, somebody in the workplace says to you, they say that you, whatever it is, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> what, what you know is that there is a group out there, a specific named group who is carrying information about you forward to the bosses. Now, they can be right, they can be wrong, but you can't give them power. You mustn't allow them to change your behavior. You have to, I always acted like it was a joke. Well, they say this or they say that, and I would just give some absolutely ridiculous response because what, who, who really knows and why are you listening to dinner table conversation or conversation over a martini? Why are you listening to that about professional behavior? And the, the they say probably isn't going away. But oftentimes, if there's a level of relationship built, the person that's saying they say actually wants to hear you respond and diffuse and, dif- and dispute that. Right. Right. But there's a story in my book that Melvin called me and said, Liz, they say you're stealing from me. And I thought, oh, here we go. And I said, really? (laughs) Really? I said, no, Melvin, are all the jets still there? We had three corporate jets. And he said, yes. And I said, and is North Riverside Park still there? That was our most successful mall. And he said, yes. And I said, really, Melvin? would I steal anything less than that? And he said, you're right, kid. And he hung up. (laughs) It's just preposterous. So you have to treat gossip with a preposterous response. As preposterous as the the gossip is, that's where you come back. Meet outrageous with outrageous. Exactly. (laughs) Nonsense. It's just nonsense. 
And maybe the easiest thing to do is, is to cower back from that and, and, and wonder how can I earn the respect and the trust and all of that when it actually had nothing to do with that. There was just a set of influencers out there mm-hmm. that for that moment were having a voice. <laughs> right, exactly. And you just have to brush it off because if you start listening to that stuff, you're going to start devaluing yourself, which is just a downward spiral. That's right. That's right. I really like hearing how you diffuse that. You're really thinking on our feet. You know, Elizabeth and I are here to give you tools in communicating for success. But the bottom line is, is we all need to take responsibility for responding authentically, regardless how uncomfortable that it may be how it may be taken and how it may look. But if we deliver it with sincerity and respect for who we're talking to, I can almost guarantee that that is the key to to getting respect down the road. And oftentimes people in the moment, they won't say, boy, do I respect you for saying that. But what has to be enough is that you're not getting those comments coming your way very often. And that's when you know you're respected, is when they stop. If we wait for someone to affirm we're saying and doing the right thing, it's not going to happen, right? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, so what are we going to do when someone says they say? <laughs> we're going to laugh and tell a good joke back. That's right. That's right. Okay. Yep. So... Um, We are going to break here in just a minute or so, and when we get back, we'll be discussing the multiple voices that we use to communicate how we really feel. And to talk talk a little bit further about how much should we talk, when should we hold them, when should we listen, um, really getting savvy on reading who's in front of us, and and when, when is the best time to ask for what we want. We'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Do you feel alone trying to conquer life's challenges? Do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April Joy Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to discover the powerful you. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you get empowered holistically every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. On It's Absolutely All About You, host Eileen Nunez bases her show on the forthcoming book of the same name. If you've been taught to hold your head high and keep your self-esteem in check, where do you go if you aren't yet achieving that goal? Each program is based on a chapter of the book and comes from Eileen's many years of experience in order to help you find your inner peace. Listen for It's Absolutely All About You, live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time 
on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. listening to the Lori Moss show better job better life if you have a question for Lori Moss you can tweet it at L Moss concepts find us on Facebook with keyword Lori Moss concepts or send an email to radio at Lori stay connected by visiting Lori to learn more while you're there read our blog and sign up for the Lori Moss concepts newsletter for more tips now back to this week's program Welcome back. I'm Lori Moss, here with my guest, Elizabeth Kraft-Taylor, as we discuss the multiple personalities hidden behind the voice. <laughs> there, are multiple, there are multiple voices that we all have that speak volumes of how we feel. The more familiar we are with a person, the easier it is to hear their state of mind in the moment. Elizabeth, what do you do when you recognize that voice that says, not now, but you require an answer immediately? Well, the most important thing you can do with another human being is acknowledge their feelings. So you, you step back a little bit, physically step back and say, I hear that you're really stressed and I know that this isn't a good time, but you can go to just a simple yes or no. Just give me a hint in what direction I should proceed with this issue or problem or idea. And then hesitate. They'll say, what? You lay it out quick and you get out of there. I would guess that because someone has acknowledged that they are in a concerned, distracted state, Yes. Is released for them. Absolutely. Right there. Right. Where they go, okay. Right. And, and they and they do exactly what you just did. They take a breath. Oh, well that feels better. I've been heard. Somebody sees me as a human being and not just the answer machine. You know, um, I worked for a man once who kept an egg timer on his desk. And when you walked in the door, he flipped the egg timer, which meant you had to keep your eye on him and on the sand in that egg timer and get to your point before the sand ran out and he turned it over again and you were out the door. That's, that's tension. <laughs> how did that feel for you? I mean, how, how was that experience building a relationship with him? Well, you, you really didn't have time to do that. You only had time to get in and get out. So any relationship with that person had to happen outside of his office. Now, the first time that happened, it was absolutely horrible. Because, you know, when was my chance to kind of do a little dance, sing a little song, and be a little entertaining? I didn't get that. So... The second time, I knew that I had to be so well-armed when I went in there and so concise that I, I was going to get out of there before the sand ran out. You know, you only need once to really learn what you have to do. And what's interesting about that egg timer is 
it forced the hand of the visitor to filter through all of the fluff mm-hmm. and to really get down to the bones mm-hmm. of, of what they needed. Mm-hmm. But it also, I felt it also was um, very impersonal. It was very much um, you, it was, for me, it was telling me, um, I don't care what you're doing, I'm more important than you. Mm. And I don't care what you have to say, what I'm doing is more important than what you have to say. You know, you could be telling me the building's on fire, but you better do it quick, sister. So, <clears throat> I, you know, I, I don't, maybe he had a whole lot of time on his hands at the end of the day, good for him. But I, I felt that it was very off-putting, although I did learn from it. So that was good, but I didn't care for it as a human. Yes, it wasn't human. It didn't give us some time. That's right. And there wasn't, there wasn't that time given outside of the office either, right? So right. there was no place to go for that relationship building. Right. I'm very curious to see, was this a high-level executive? Yes, it was. It was the president of a company. You know, I... Which closed... It, it, it did close. <laughs> that begs the question because when people get a, at a high level, it's those relationships that they have built through the years mm-hmm. that become their trusted advisors because they are far removed from the daily operations and they have to trust the right. person who is delivering that information. Yes, exactly. And, and part of that relationship is is getting an understanding of the integrity the value system of the person in front of you. You couldn't be more right. It's who's telling the truth and who's not telling the truth. The um, the man that was the merchandise manager overall lied frequently about sales results and things like that. Well, he got away with it because, you know, he was in and out before the sand left the jar. And <laughs> so what, you know? But in the end, the business failed because the president was being fooled. Because when it gets filtered down to that level, mm-hmm. any, any heart-centered connection is, is lost there. Exactly. And, and, and then think about the poor person who is so afraid to engage with others that they have to put this clock in front of you, a time clock. You know, that just tells you that they were not ready to communicate. They were not ready to engage and really look at you as a human being and see what you could offer to the corporation. Wow. That statement just said it all. The reason why we're doing this four-part series on communication is, is that very thing. And it doesn't matter if we're sitting in the CEO's office or if we're the most talented scientist in a pharmaceutical company who really doesn't want to have to communicate, but they're brilliant and at some point, they have to be taken upstairs to the higher levels. Right. Or in other cases, it's going to Wall Street. And at that point, if they're not willing to have developed themselves to communicate at that level, somebody else will come in just as brilliant that has the professional distinction to get it done. Yes. That's our risk. Yes. And not only that, if you are not willing to engage and listen, you might miss critical information. And I'll give you an example. 
My, my first husband had a heart attack and was very, very sick and in the hospital. And they said that he needed a, um, to have his arteries cleared. And so this cardiologist came in and said, well, I'm taking him to the operating room tomorrow. And I said, what? You've just filled him with blood thinners. And the, the, the surgeon said, well, nobody told me that. Oh, wow. Well, hello. You know, where were we that we missed such an important piece of information? You know, you have to be sure that you're always giving a full picture and always hearing the full picture. One of the best questions is, what else? Mm. If someone's trying to tell you something and they think that you have more power than they do, and they're telling you their story, for you to say, what else, gives them all the room in the world. It opens up everything so that they can get to the detail or the nuance. And it's a very effective tool. And and another vulnerable place for somebody who isn't willing to communicate with others effectively, build relationships, is those people who have access to the information you need will withhold it Mm -hmm. if they they feel terribly disrespected and not honored for what they contribute. They'll just withhold it. They're not lying. Mm -hmm. If If you ask them for the information, they'll give it to you. But it is the information you don't know that would be forthcoming because they're invested in the relationship they have. Right. Powerful. And that sounds like, okay, fine. How many times have you heard, okay, fine? That just means that Mm -hmm. you are not doing well with somebody. If you hear, okay, fine, that means, okay, I've had enough of you and I'm not telling you any more than what I've already said. And they walk away. There's just so many keys in communication that we just have to really have a good voice and a good ear so that we can put all of the clues together. So since we're talking about having a good voice and a good ear, what if we talked about some of the ways that our voices could be improved? Should we go to a speech class? Should we have someone evaluate our voice range? Should we sign up for Toastmasters? Should we insist that at the dinner table we all tell stories? Should we force ourselves to be the first one to raise our hand when somebody says, well, who's going to carry the message? It's going to be me. Make yourself so comfortable in using your strongest asset. Prepare your strongest asset and then use it whenever you can. And there is, there's not getting around tremendous discomfort and stepping out and continuing to step out. And everyone who has, has really mastered communication, especially at the higher levels when you have big audiences, you are running companies, uh, people, yeah, you just... It's everybody's greatest fear. It is. They would rather be put in a room with snakes than speak speak publicly. 
And I, I would rather speak publicly than do anything else. You know, it's such a joy to share your ideas and share your enthusiasm and, and see a spark with another human being. Well, how, how better can that be? And you can't get it unless you can really engage them. They don't get that over a text, I'll tell you that. That's right. And I'm going to confess something here. As I was going off on my, in my mind, I was taking my conversation about being in front of a thousand people. I went there right away and I froze. Mm. Okay. And I'm a radio show host. <laughs> so this, this is how it can be. And we never evolve completely from having those moments. It's how we recover from that and the grace we give ourselves yes. and the pat on the back we give ourselves yes. for stepping out, stand, taking a stand, and having a voice. Yes. And when we have a voice, we risk how people are going to respond to what that voice is saying. But you know what? They still respect it because a lot of people won't step into that. And some of our worst critics are going to be the ones that are the most fearful of taking Absolutely. a stand. Yes, that's it. That's the key. It's the key. It's, it's kind of like the gossip group. If they're talking about you, you have something they want. <laughs> yes, that's wonderful. You, yes, that's wonderful. You taught me that. And uh, so, I, you know, I have one other thing here that I, I thought was so interesting in your book. Um, we talked, I read a quip in your book about Melvin Simon commenting to you that he had a difficult time getting a quick, concise answer. Because of his position, his staff overprepared and wanted to be thorough. So he was just looking for a quick snapshot and the staff went off to put an album together. Right. What is your take on why people overdo to make an impression? Well, I think when someone, when the big boss Stops you in the hall and says, how many widgets did we sell yesterday? Even if you know you sold 117,000 widgets yesterday, you freeze up just like you were in front of, like you say, the large crowd. And you go, oh, wait, let me go see. And you have to run back to your office and check with everybody and check the computer and check the sales figures, blah, blah, blah. Then you print out this huge thing and drop it off with his secretary, totally missing the interchange, totally saying, well, sir, I think it was 117,000. Now, I could be off one way or the other, but if it's not that, I'll get right back to you. And then before he gets a chance to walk away, you might stick out your hand and say, you know, I'm Liz Craft. I'm from accounting. Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not act like we're all human? And you even invite, is there anything further that I can assist you with? Yes, exactly. Or, Call just... me anytime. Here's my card. My extension number's on it. Which is a sincere response. And it exactly it's, it's one that they don't get. Higher level people don't get no. these responses. That's and, right. That's and, right. Nobody wants yeah. to give them the answer right then and there. Everybody wants to turn it into a big deal production. And that's exactly the wrong way to go. Because they're too busy to sit down and read all of those reports. That's why you're there is to pass the information upwards. So let's get really comfortable 
Act like we're all people. It doesn't make any difference who's asking you the question. You need to respond in the same way. That's right. And, and also, by saying, if, if you want me to go back and make sure those numbers are correct and more thorough, I can do that. I'm happy to do that for you when you need an answer back. Just always mindful of what they need. Mm-hmm. They're your client in that moment. Yes, exactly. You're serving what they need. Right. You're the account executive between the boss and your department. That's right. Well, Elizabeth, it has been a pleasure to have you on the show today. And I look forward to continuing our conversation next week when we will be back to talk um, about giving a, mem- a memorable introduction. Yes, the dreaded elevator speech, yes. <laughs> and making business presentations, uh, negotiating for everything, not just salary, everything. It's part of being mutually respectful in a relationship. And we'll be covering much more than that. Go to threejews.org to order Elizabeth's book, Three Jews Walked Into a Mall. And um, we will be back next week and you can join us for more tips and tricks on how to communicate effectively and joyfully along with the stories that illustrate the real deal in business. Remember the impression you make impacts your ability to capture the attention of others who will pause and listen to what you have to say. It was truly a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Lori Moss Show. Better job, better life. To learn more about Lori Moss concepts, our services, and to connect with the expert and professional presence, visit LoriMossConcepts.com. Tune in next week for more professionalism transformation. The Lori Moss Show, Better Job, Better Life, airs every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a successful week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.